3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
0: numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
4: Good Thursday morning, tune is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa Fubo Fubos, League Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. Glad you join us. It's all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well today on the show. Of course, hour number two, unscripted with the crack man, Bill Krakenberger. We'll hear from Will Hill, the host of the New York City Cast podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. We'll talk not only Major League Baseball with him, NBA, also NFL draft. We look forward to that. I have added, Jeff, good morning to you, by the way. First good of morning. all, good morning. I have added NFL draft plays, props, uh, bets, I should say. So I'm now. What am I up to nine now? Different uh, prop bets. Every day I scour. Every day I seem to add in a draft where I have proclaimed many times, oh, I don't know if I'm going to win this. But in the end, I'm like, the best allocation of money, the best outlay of money I could have betting wise is on the draft. I'm convinced of it. And so we'll get to those that I added uh, coming up. You're officially on two graphics now. Yes, two graphic, a two graphic draft. Maybe we'll get to three. We'll see. By game time, still a week away. Does it feel dr- like the draft is here in Vegas? No. Not no, at all. Well, let me
5: rephrase that, Gil. For you, because of where you live, Yeah, I'm sure you are feeling
4: the impacts of it. Nah, yeah, not yet. Not really. yet. No? I'm a little worried about getting back home after you know Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday might be a little bit rough for you. And that impending argument with the people who won't <laughs> let me get back home. No, you don't understand. I live here. I got to get back here. No, I'm sorry, sir. You can't possibly live here. No, I do. We'll, we'll get to that, but I'm not going to worry about it. We advance. You have not had any draft. Still heads yet? nothing.
5: Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just, it, it is. It, we are a week away and it still feels like this is the hardest draft to figure out that we have had in a very long time. And Gil, I got to ask you this question because I had this thought the other day and I'm sure this will be master of the obvious question here, but. This has to do with the fact that the quarterbacks are not good in this draft, correct? Part, or at least part not deemed to be high-end quality prospects as
4: opposed to the last few years. It's part of the – it's that. It's the fact that eight teams have two picks. I think eight teams having two picks is the, is the most precarious. And the fact that we have people like Debo Samuel, right, who very close to the draft are disgruntled and are, are alerting the, the league of their disgruntlement. And might force some kind of trade to a team, let's say, that we already have earmarked for drafting a wide receiver. So there's all kinds of little things. But the eight teams having two picks is maybe the most problematic because even if they don't trade, first of all, it could could be a flurry of trades. Or if they have, like, picks four and ten, say, for instance, like your Jets, I don't know what they're doing with four. I don't know what they're going to do with ten. Maybe they're strategizing. Well, if we do this at 4, we can still do this at 10. So there's a lot of that, right? But you try to make the bets where you think you know. We'll get to that coming up uh, on the NFL draft. But first, basketball. Last night, whew. game two, Celtics and the Nets. What a ball game. Once again, after uh, the Jason Tatum buzzer beater, that one game one for the Celtics, Celtics get it done. 114-107 to take a 2 to nothing lead in their best-of-seven first-round series. Two seed, seven seed on paper. Once again, the best first-round series in the history of the NBA. So far, it has lived up to the hype. And last night, the Celtics rallied from a 17-point deficit to get it done. We were here. I I had a first-half in-game bet on the Celtics uh, at plus 12. Somehow that got home. Just completely lucky. But the fact that the Celtics were only down 10 at the half, that, that closing sequence of the first half might have been the difference that knocked it down from 17 to 10 because that was the flurry they needed then. And for them to only have been down, the Celtics 10 points at halftime, that should have been looked at, and I'm sure they did look at it as a real positive the way they had played. The Nets shot 61% in the first half. Second half, yeah, not so much. from the field, the Nets in the second half. Kyrie Irving, who uh, was uh, booed even more mercilessly in game two. What do you know? Oh, so many gamblers out there booing him. Kidding. Um, He finished four of 13. Seven Celtics finished in double figures. Peyton Pritchard, my goodness, scored 10 in 16 minutes. KD, just four of 17 from the field, Alongside six turnovers. By the way, he was 0 of 10 from the field in the second half. 0 for 10. The great Kevin Durant in the second half with a suffocating Celtics defense. Kenny Smith did a great job breaking this down on inside last night. The way that the Celtics played team defense. Every time KD tried to get himself a shot, there was a second player that was bothering him. Coming off another player. It's the first time in Katie's career he's taken at least 10 field goal attempts in the second half and made zero of them. Katie, by the way, for the series now, 13 for 39 with 12 turnovers in two games. And I think it does bear saying he's played 39 minutes per game for five weeks fresh off of an MCL sprain. He is a human being after all. 39 minutes a game after an MCL sprain Maybe this is just what we ought to have expected. I know it's only two games in this series. But 13 for 39 for KD. And here's the biggest stat of the whole game to me. As much as the 0 for 10 is amazing on Kevin Durant's career, sort of as an as a anomaly in his career. From the 11-minute, 38-second mark of the fourth quarter to the 1-minute-and-53 mark left in the game, So we're talking about a a span of 9 minutes and 45 seconds. 9 minutes and 45 seconds. Almost the entire fourth quarter. The Brooklyn Nets scored a grand total of, in those 9 minutes and 45 seconds, four points. The Brooklyn Nets, led by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, scored four points in the fourth quarter of of a a 9 minute and 45 stretch 9-minute and 45-second stretch of the fourth quarter of an NBA playoff game. By the way, that was a 23-4 run for the Celtics during that span. The Celtics, who took their first lead of the game with 7.48 left on a jumper by Pritchard and never gave it back. Now, I asked this openly last night, Jeff, and I don't know the answer to this, but I'll just ask it. Maybe somebody has this. How many 9-minute and 45 stretches by any team in any NBA game this season do you think resulted in that team scoring four points or fewer? I'm going to guess you can count it on one hand. I'll go a little bit more than that, but I don't know. I would imagine that the numbers
5: for good teams, especially that number's very limited.
4: For a team with KD and Kyrie, right, I can promise you zero, zero before <laughs> last night for sure. Two to nothing, Celtics. Obviously, the series now goes back to Brooklyn. So the Celtics, by by, what, by another you know definition, did what they were supposed to do right on the home court. You still think this series is long? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It's, it,
5: and, and by definition, a long that it goes back to Brooklyn for the second time,
4: Gil. That it will get to a game six.
5: That it will get to six. I'm not sure if it's going further than six, but I do think they will make a return trip to Brooklyn for game six. But Gil, it, it, it is this defense that Boston has put together, which we knew was obviously really good. They showed it the entire, the really the last, 50 games of the regular season after their slow start. You have to wonder, too, just coaching-wise here. Emei Udoka is in his first go-around here. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've been on record of saying I don't think Steve Nash does anything as a coach.
4: No, the only thing he does is foul when he's up three late. Right.
5: That's basically That's the only thing. thing he does. Yeah. But Udoka, in-game adjustments have been critical in this in, in this series already. And it was critical last night in the second half. Got to give you Doka a ton of credit here because he's taking advantage again. A guy that showed himself to be pretty good over a 50-game sample. Not a lot, not a big sample to really judge a guy. But so far in the series, has been very impressive through two games coaching-wise.
4: Remember, this is, series is stretched out. The first 10 days, you know, we're only getting what five games in 10 days. I believe we're getting on this. What is Four. all? Well, no, what is it? Because this was game two after three yeah, and days. Then game
5: three is on Saturday. It's going to be four and ten.
4: Is it four and ten? Yeah. I thought from the seven to the seven. Well, I don't know. Maybe I got the dates wrong. Anyway, it's it's stretched out. That's for sure. But then the Celtics up two games to nothing. Then I'll tell you what series isn't going to last long. Sixers and Raptors. Boy, was I wrong about this one. The Sixers rally from a 17-point deficit. The second straight rally from a 17-point deficit in the same night in the NBA. Joel Embiid, 33-13, and 13, including the game winner in overtime. A catch-and-shoot three-pointer that hit nothing but the bottom of the net. Harden, 19-10. and 10. Tobias Harris, 11 points, 12 rebounds. For the Raptors in defeat, Ananobi, 26. Trent Jr., 24. Precious Achua, 20. Philadelphia never held a lead in regulation. That's amazing. Finally getting a 99-97 edge Uh, on Tyrese Maxey shot with 327 left in overtime. Scotty Barnes staff for the second straight game because of the sprained left ankle that had knocked him out of game one. Nick Nurse saying Barnes is making progress. Could return Saturday for game four, but here's the deal. It's three to nothing. All-time record for teams down 0-3 in an NBA best-of-seven playoff series. Zero and 143.
5: I say zero and 144 after this one.
4: Uh, I believe you're correct.
5: And even more so than the Barnes injury last night, Pascal Siakam no-showing again Yeah, has been the biggest story for Toronto in this series, even more so to me than Barnes. If Siakam plays well last night, that game never gets close and Toronto wins. Siakam was bad. The uh, Sixers uh, down the stretch, Harden, Harden fouled out of that game. He did. Late in the game. They don't have him in overtime.
4: By the way, that goaltend, do you think that was a goaltend? I thought
5: the goaltend was right. You I did. did.
4: Yes. It was really close. So Right before Harden fouled out. Yeah. He, he, I
5: thought the goaltend was right. Harden did get away with a massive push off uh, up before that. But that, of course, he's going to get away
4: with that. The, the goaltend was shaky to me. But that, that kind I mean, that was the difference, right? Harden with a, a lazy looping layup that Ananobi came oh. from out of nowhere. Or, to or, block. or
5: Chua could make one free throw and Toronto wins. Or
4: Chua could make one free throw. That's right. That was the other thing. He missed two. Missed two down the stretch there. That would have been the complete difference that swung it over into Philly's favor. We'll talk about today's games, another triple header. And oh, oh, by the way, the Bucks and the Bulls, because another injury threatens to loom over an entire NBA playoff series. And those NFL
0: draft ads next, right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at Meeting the Book. Always appreciated. A lot of response, Jeff, to our uh, our segment on Woj yesterday. By the way, today with a crack, one of the things I want to bring up is the the American Gaming Association had some things to say three days ago. It's one thing to go after a mainstream dude like Woj. The American Gaming Association. Uh, my goodness. We'll talk about that coming up later on the show as well. Uh, temporary Suns fan. Gil, it's looking like the Bulls-Bucks series is what we thought the Raptors-Sixers was going to be. Hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're 100% right, Temporary Suns fan. <laughs> I love that handle. Uh, we'll get to that here momentarily. Um, We have this one also. I want to read this. This is from Oh Mike Zhang about yesterday's segment about the Facing Nolan doc. He said, already purchased tickets to Facing Nolan on May 24th. Thank you to Gil for the uh, family outing suggestion. Wife has a ball signed by Nolan Ryan. My oldest daughter plays tennis or baseball, rather, and I get to support the dude that introduced us to Todd Wish. There you go. Eric Biggio over there at uh, William Hill. He said, thanks for the shout out. On the Major League Baseball uh, regular season win totals, we're booking throughout the season at William Hill Caesars. Starting this weekend, we'll start uh, taking the win totals down on a daily basis and readjust nightly or at the end of three-game series. Should be fun. There you go. Nice job out of William Hill. Listen, we like to we, we give credit where credit is due. Good job on them, and they will, they will take a bet, that's for sure. Uh, Jay Wright, before we get back to basketball and the NFL draft, Jay Wright retired yesterday. Out of nowhere, 60-year-old coach, head coach, of course, of the Villanova Wildcats, who had been to four Final Fours and won two national titles. He leaves with what was sure to be a top-20 team next year um, and just considered, period, as one of the great coaches, if not the best coach in all of college basketball at the age of 60. Uh, He said he and his wife have been talking about it. And in contrast to Coach Shashevsky's season-long farewell tour, Jay Wright just just said, deuces, I'm out. Retiring. Off into the sunset at the age of 60. And good for him at the young age of 60 to be able to do whatever he wants. What
5: a coach. What a coach, Gil. And for a program, and it's funny for Jay Wright too, Gil, where, remember when Villanova, when the Big East dissolved in the way that we Knew it. Obviously it still existed. Obviously, Syracuse leaving, uh UConn leaving, and then obviously back now. And when Louisville left. The it was Requiem like, for the Big East. Right. It was it, it was yeah. that the Big East looked like, all right, are they really still a power five quality conference? Villanova and Jay Wright proved that it still is, winning those two titles in three years. Uh, getting one seeds and two seeds in the, in most tournaments uh, over the last uh, dec- uh, decade. And it's funny for a guy who, for some, qu- couldn't win the big game, ends up winning two titles, yeah. getting to the final four, and Gil leaving at the height of his powers. I thought he was the best coach in college basketball at this point, and now that question is pretty wide open, even though I would say a uh, guy in Houston, Mr. Sampson, might have, uh, might have some words on
4: that, Gil. Jay Wright, uh, Naismith Memorial Hall of Famer, two-time champ, as we said. is still the greatest reaction to ever winning a college basketball championship when Chris Jenkins hit that shot, and he just straight-faced. Didn't even move. He's like, mm-hmm, there's my championship. Uh, so good on Jay Wright. What You know, one does wonder, right, because lots of things are in the mix. I'm sure he and his wife talked about these things. We'll never know, necessarily. But one does wonder how much of this was, yeah, not only that, you know, I'm still young, 60, I've done all I can do. But how much of the thinking was also, well, there's NIL now, and there's Transfer Portal. As you point out, he's done okay with the Transfer Portal, but, but you do wonder if a school, you know, a small Catholic school like Villanova would be hindered by these developments over the long term as well. And those would be valid concerns. It'll be interesting to yeah. see,
5: especially this comes on a day where Oscar Shibwe decides to yes. return to Kentucky, and the, the uh, reports are that he's going to make about $2 million in NIL this year. So it's it, it's very – it, the NIL part is the interesting one to me. I I, I don't think the transfer portal uh, bot, w- would bother Jay Wright at all. And quite frankly, I don't think NIL will. But it's something to at least keep in mind, especially when you see, let's face it, Gil, three Hall of Fame coaches in the last two years retired. Roy Williams,
4: mm-hmm. Coach K, and now mm-hmm. Jay Wright. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. Back to the tweet about the uh, the Bucks bulls series – being what we thought the Sixers-Raptors series would be. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Now, the Scottie Barnes thing did throw a monkey wrench into it to some degree of the Sixers-Raptors. But, yeah, you're right. The Bucs lose last night, 114-110 to to the Bulls. Remember, the Bucs needed a, uh, a comeback. Remember, they were down late in the third quarter to the Bulls by 5 or 6 in Game 1 before they erased that and sort of grinded their way to a victory in Game 1. But the Bulls get it done here, 114-110. to 110. DeMar DeRozan with a career playoff high 41. And now on the heels of the Luka injury, we'll see if Luka comes back for game three or four in the Dallas-Utah series. On the heels of the Devin Booker hamstring issue with Phoenix, Devin Booker expected to miss at least games three and four of the Sun series with the Pelicans. That series knotted up at one apiece. Now the Bucks look up and down their bench, and they're like, oh, no. First of all, Bobby Portis left the game with a right eye abrasion after the first quarter. And then Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton, Robin to Giannis's Batman. He exited with a sore left knee after slipping midway through the fourth quarter. Now being called by his head coach, Coach Bud. I believe his Coach Bud. I know he has a name. Mike Buddenholzer. Buddenholzer, how do we pronounce it? Uh, MCL sprain. That's a legit MCL sprain. That's, the, that's what Durant had. Five weeks? He only came back uh, five weeks ago, KD, from a, from a sprain of the MCL. Well, that's what Chris Middleton has now. So that's potentially monstrous. Giannis, by the way, yesterday in defeat, 33 points, 18 boards, 9 assists, 1 assist short of a triple-double. Uh, he led the way, but here was the deal. Here was the whole game is at the end of the third quarter, the Bucks go on this 15-2 run to cut the Bulls' lead to 3, late in the third period, and you're like, oh, well. The inevitable Bucks come back. The Bulls will die a slow death like they did in game one. Nope. Bulls came right back, responded with 13 straight points, never trailed after that. Stayed ahead the rest of the way. It got a little dicey at the end, but not not like super-duper dicey. Yes, sir. Well, it got the three, and then the
5: big possession with the multiple offensive rebounds. Yes. To put the game on ice. Yes. Where... Caruso made the big play on the first offensive, but, but they had the ball up. Threat. Right. right. Yeah. But again, if Milwaukee clears, that's right. You never
4: know. Yeah. But the Bulls hang on. I mean, it's 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 one to one. And now the Bucs have injury problems. Listen, the irony of this. I don't know if irony is the right word, but here's the whole thing. Again, last, yesterday we went through. Remember how last season's playoffs. Remember 2019 was the KD and clay injuries that torpedoed the Warriors. Skip the bubble year. Last year, it was a slew of injuries in the NBA playoffs. LeBron, AD, um, was it Jamal Murray and Jalen Brown weren't even in the postseason. Um, there were, we went through the whole list of them yesterday. But the 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 winners of the war of attrition last year were the Bucks and the Suns, and that went a long way. I'm not saying that was the only reason why they got to the NBA finals, but you have to you have to sort of Acknowledge that that went a long way towards that as other teams were hamstrung, no pun intended, in many cases. And this year, what's happening now? Now you have a Devin Booker injury. Now you have a Chris Middleton injury, and you're like, you don't like to see this with any team. I'm not saying this with any glee, but it's sort of like the injury luck, if you will, has sort of run out and the worm has turned on that. So, Bulls now tie up that series one game apiece. So what you have in the Western Conference, all of the series are tied at one apiece, except for the Warriors' Nuggets. We'll get to the games here momentarily tonight. And in the Eastern Conference, they're all goose-egged, except for the Bulls and the Bucks at one-to-one. Sixers, 3-0 over the Raptors. The other two, nothing. Do you think that the Bulls have a legitimate... Do you think the Pelicans or the Bulls, both or neither have a legit shot at winning their respective series?
5: I think New Orleans absolutely has a chance. Absolutely has a chance because the talent is there as a whole. The talent is there with New Orleans. And New Orleans, Gil, if it wasn't for that just comically awful start for the Pelicans, the Pelicans probably end up as one of the top six teams in the West uh, as opposed to having to go through the play-in scenario and getting to the postseason. I just think Giannis in the end is going to be too much. For Chicago, but this series, all those those bucks minus two and a half bets that looked awesome, Oof. especially if you got uh, plus money. Good point. That CLV yeah. uh,
4: can be useless for you in the hope end. you bet it when the when the juice was low on that for sure. But you're right; even that CLV doesn't look like it's going to come home tonight. Triple header again: Grizzlies, Timberwolves, knotted up at one apiece. Mavs, Jazz. Knotted up at one apiece. And the Nuggets trying to get off the schneid down 2 to nothing to the Warriors. We'll see if we have any plays on that. I do have one tennis pick because the other two have already started. Started right before the show. We have one tennis pick coming up uh, on the clay in Stuttgart in Germany. We'll get to that as well. And those NFL draft props. All of that in the next segment coming right back after the break here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Gil Alexander on Beason, the sports betting network.
4: Beason is all in for the draft next week in fabulous Las Vegas. We got a special draft preview show this Sunday at 6 p.m. Though, Tim Murray and Sean King will break down. All of the first-round prospects and props. Expert guests include legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger, former NFL GM Michael Lombardi, and former NFL lineman and TV host Mike Golick and his son, Mike Golick Jr. VEASAN's Draft Preview Special this Sunday, 6 p.m., exclusively on VEASAN. And don't forget, while you're at it, download the NFL Draft Betting Guide featuring best bets, mock drafts, and everything you need to score big this draft season. Download it today for just $10. Go to VEASAN.com slash draft for more information. Beating the Book, NFL Draft Special, the podcast version, Drew Dinsick hopefully Matt Brown and me, this Monday. Looking forward to that as well. Uh, We'll get to my draft props uh, here momentarily. A couple other things. One, first of all, just a brief aside. Did you see the uh, Oakland A's attendance last night? It was you, me. It was basically you and me and a couple of friends, right, Gil? Two nights ago, 3748. 3,748 people at Ring Central Coliseum. Keep in mind, that's the announced attendance. Last night, 2,705. Kind of expected, though, for a franchise that has done everything to alienate their fan base by getting rid of players, by flirting with Las Vegas. By the way, I had no idea it was called Ring Central Coliseum. I wouldn't have known that either. Yeah, you know, And that's, remember, over the past four seasons, the A's are 316 and 230. It's a 579 winning percentage. They've made it to the playoffs three times. It's not like they don't perform, but fans are like, yeah, it's enough. <laughs> Oakland A's the last team left in Oakland. Raiders gone. Warriors across the Bay. We'll see how long the A's are there. <laughs> 2,705. That was like that USFL game the other night. Couldn't have been 200 people there. Couldn't have
5: been. There's no way it was even 200.
4: Yeah, I know. That was on the Monday all. night one. No there way. No way. No way it was 200. I think you're right. Um, here here were, were my tennis picks this morning. Bianca Andrescu as a big dog against uh, Arena Sabalenka. Bianca Andreescu. This was be it started before the show, so we don't give them out if they start before the show. But someone said, "Hey, let, let us know if it's live." Andreescu dropped the first set. She ends up uh, looking good here in the second set, so she's a game away from nodding it up at a set apiece. So we'll see how that goes. Again, Andreescu, a big plus one eighty five dog in that. The ones that we thought we were going to get on before the show, one of them started right as we were getting on air. And we couldn't get to it, which was Ludmila Samsonova minus one hundred four over Karolina Pliskova. Uh, As I look at that number right now, do-ba-do-ba-do, Samsonova wins the first set. So no in-game opportunity necessarily there. What has not started yet is a little later in the day, Ekaterina Alexandrova plus 173 over the not-quite-in-form Annette Contivate. So hopefully this is one heck of a tennis morning. We'll see so far. Um, Sort of, uh, we go to the third set... uh, Rubber match, if you will, in the uh, in the uh, Andrescu match. Samsonova up a set. We'll see how Alexandrova does a little later. I already have made a play tomorrow, by the way. I just want to point this out to people. I am fading Novak Djokovic tomorrow. I've already made a bet on Miamir Kekmanovic at plus 135. So well, let's throw that into the mix. So we have actually two that you could still make before the matches start. One is today, Ekaterina Alexandrova. Tomorrow, Miamir Kekmanovic. All of these dogs, with the exception of Samsonova, who was minus 104, who was not quite in plus money, but also technically a dog, I should, I should say. Okay, uh, NFL draft props. Did I forget anything? Oh, yeah, the NBA games tonight. Do you have any plays on these? Before we get to the NFL draft props that I added, w- w- you know, let's just go through them real quick on the spreads. Grizzlies and Timberwolves, game three, series knotted up at one apiece. The Grizzlies, one-and-a-half-point road favorites. T-Wolves took the first. Grizzlies housed them in the second. I could not have been more wrong about that second game. Mavericks-Jazz game three, no Luka tonight. That series not up at one apiece as we go back to Utah, Jazz favored by six and a half. And then the Warriors and the Nuggets, Warriors one and a half point favorites on the road, up two to nothing. Do you like any of those? I do not. I definitely
5: don't like the Warriors and Nuggets game because, again, if Denver's going to win a game, it's probably going to be tonight. grizzlies T wolves I have no idea. None. Because None. if Minnesota's going to play like they did two days ago, they're going to get they're going to run out again even though the game's at home.
4: And I like the Jazz, but they're laying too many. I'm a little bit surprised
5: that that number actually didn't come in a little higher because you're seeing 4.5 point differences based on the home court, and I understand the urgency for some of these teams down 0-2 is a little bit different. It's going to impact the number, but I kind of expect that Utah to be 8. So I guess that technically would mean
4: that I like Utah, but I'm not laying points with the Jazz. No. And, and again, you know, on primetime last night, which I don't know if you know, they do it with Matt Brown and Kelly Biddle. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Uh, I bet the Celtics in-game first half. They bet the Celtics in-game plus a lot of points for the full game. That's kind of the way to bet a lot of these. And once, by the way, once again, I'll state again. Once the Celtics were only down 10 at the half, you knew something might have been afoot. Too much pressure on Katie and Kyrie to carry the load. They brought the pressure on themselves. Should be fun tonight. Again, another triple header in the NBA. All right, those NFL draft props, let's roll them here. Two graphics now. Oh, every day, and again, this is, this is my assessment as, as I'm betting. I can think of no better way to have my betting dollar function right now a week out of the NFL draft than to have as much into the NFL draft as possible. And that's while saying... That, listen, we've had nothing but success in NFL drafts. This could be the most vague of all of them. We'll see. But I still feel it's the best dollar spent in betting. So, again, just to review some of the ones that we've already talked about. First one I made was first cornerback drafted Derek Stingley at plus 280. That was over at William Hill. Uh, give Matt Brown all the credit for that one. He was the first one to bring that up on primetime. Here are the others, though, that I've made since. And remember, I'll say this. Once a show, all the way up to the draft. My North Star, again, is the Daniel Jeremiah comment of look at all these middling wide receiver salaries. Look at the – now, I'm riffing on it. Look at the Debo Samuel demands to be traded. Teams in a passing league more than ever before will want to control wide receivers on a rookie contract. Let's go back to the uh, first graphic. Here we go. Can we go back to the first graphic, guys? Let's do these in order. So after the Derek Stingley to be the first quarterback drafted, I went over quarterbacks, over three, minus 115 at stations. That, I, if, I, if I push that, I will not be surprised. Over quarterbacks drafted in the first round, over three, minus 115. Got that at stations. By the way, good on stations. They'll take a bet. William Hill will take a bet on these. Stations will take a bet on this. And when I say take a bet, I'm talking about like, they'll take a dime on these, at least. I didn't push for more, but they'll take a dime on all these quarterbacks drafted in the first round over three. I think that's a push at worst for me. I think four is more likely than two. Let's put it that way. And then here's the wide receivers one. This was at stations as well. Wide receivers drafted in the first round over six. I got it plus 140 over there at stations. Not sure what that number, what the price is on that right now, but I took the over six again, figuring a push at worst. I could easily see seven wide receivers going in the first round. Then I took the total number of safeties in the first round under one and a half at plus 188. That was at Boyd. Now, Boyd does limit you. You don't get really big bets over at Boyd. But I did take what I could get at total number of safeties in the first round under one and a half plus 188. Graphic number two now. And you'll see the ones I've added here. Uh, Also at Boyd, I took uh, the draft position of Derek Stingley under 11 and a half. Draft position of Ahmad Gardner under seven and a half both 110 and minus 130, respectively. Or respectively, rather. And then these are the ones I've added. Going to draft positions. These were all at William Hill. The draft position on Icky Iquanu over 3.5 minus 130. By over 3.5, what it means is he just can't get drafted 1, 2, or 3, and I will win that bet. I'm counting on the Texans trading that pick at 3. I see no reason why the Houston Texans, with all of their needs would use that pick at three. And I don't think anybody's trading up to draft alignment. So I went over three and a half on Iki Aquanu at over three and a half, minus 130 at William Hill. The draft position on George Karloftis, over 18 and a half, I laid minus 170 on that. I don't think he's going to get drafted anywhere close to the first 18 picks. And by the way, for those who are like, ooh, Gil, minus 170. And the next one I see minus 175. This is the difference between the draft and, like, any night in, say, Major League Baseball. On the draft, I am perfectly willing to lay the wood like this. By the way, minus 170 and minus 175, because not only uh, with Karloftis over 18 and a half minus 170, but you see the last one I added, Garrett Wilson, the wideout from uh, Ohio State, I went under 10 and a half at minus 165, by the way, that should be. Minus 165, I ended up there. I messed that up. That's my fault, Jeff. Minus 165 on Garrett Wilson. But if you're minus one, you know, minus 170, minus 165, I don't feel comfortable laying that kind of juice. I would say the NFL draft, maybe more than any other betting vehicle all year long, is where you should feel very comfortable laying that kind of juice. As opposed to, say, I don't know, pick a baseball team on any given night as a minus 175 favorite where the pitcher could just have a bad night. I think this is a great time to lay the wood when your conviction or when your intel tells you to do so. So those are the ones I added again. Iki Quanu. Over three and a half position, draft position, George Karloft is over 18 and a half and Garrett Wilson under 10 and a half, meaning he will be a top 10 pick nine in pocket. I'm sure there'll be more. I shouldn't say I'm sure, but every time I say that I'm sure there won't be any more, then I come back the next day and I have more. So we'll see. Will Hill's got some draft bets. He's got some thoughts on baseball in the NBA as well. He's next right here in a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.
0: If you thought there was a sports. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Bill Alexander on v the sports betting network.
4: Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of the offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM, proud sponsors of this this, uh, show. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards uh, rewards issued, rather, as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, one clarification. So, when I made the Kekmanovic bet last night, I bet, I bet all these overnights, right? The expectation was that that match was going to be today in Belgrade in Serbia. And then, as they put out the schedule, that match was like shifted to tomorrow. Well, both m-
5: matches were shifted to tomorrow. Which both? Both. Uh, the, uh, the, the other match in Serbia. The, oh, in Serbia, right. Uh, Karen, how do you pronounce his last name? Karen Kachinoff. Yeah. yeah, his
4: match also got pushed. So now, and we just got tweets that 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 the Kekema, the Kekmanovich bet has already begun. So, literally, this you saw it scheduled for tomorrow too, which which threw me off. And we have reports that some books have been thrown off by this. And let's leave it at that. Okay, let's leave it at that. You can read between the lines on that. So we have three bets going on right now at the same time. Andrescu at plus 185, Samsonova at minus 104, and Kekmanovic at plus 135. The only one now that has not started is the Alexandrova match at plus 173. This could turn out to be one of those days, Jeff, where I'm like, my goodness, the ones I passed on earlier this morning too, Taro Daniel uh, being one of them, which was already a winner, and Ote, which was already a winner. This could be one of those where you're going to hate yourself for not playing deeper into tennis. Well, we'll see. We'll see how these all turn out um, moving forward. Okay. Kick up a break, by the way, in the first in the first set. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the wildly popular New York City cast right here, uh, wherever podcasts are distributed. It's William Hill, not the Will Hill,
8: but Will Hill. How you doing, Will? I'm good. I am officially the owner of a Kekmanovich ticket now, as you are, uh, were buying some time for me. I, I'm in. I'm part of the team. Let's go. Let's go.
4: Amir Kikmanovic has been playing spectacularly and here's the deal with a guy of Djokovic's age. I don't know that you can stay away from a game that requires so much mental and specifically physical skill for as long as he has and expect to ramp up that quickly, if at all. That's why like the whole thing about players being kept out from Russia and Belarus at Wimbledon, which we can talk about the ridiculous politics of that where individual athletes are being penalized for that. But with Medvedev being removed from the men's side and Andre Rublev, everybody's like, oh, well, it's Djokovic's event to win. I'm not so sure, man. I'm not so sure at his age. We'll see.
8: Yeah, one thing I've noticed with the tennis, the crowds are just being so much rowdier with the legalization of gambling. It's really gotten out of control. It makes the <laughs> tennis hard to watch. That's awesome.
4: Uh, William Hill, ladies and gentlemen, uh, loyal viewer of the show. Uh, okay, uh, we have a lot to talk to you about. One, let's get baseball out of the way first. Do you have any baseball plays today?
8: Only one. I laid it with the Blue Jays. I think it's minus 110 or so. Gossman versus Houck. I think better pitcher, better lineup. So uh, I laid it here with Toronto.
4: Okay. On the Jays. How about the NBA tonight? Triple header. Do you like any of these either on the side or total?
8: Uh, I'm a little spooked by the NBA right now. I mean, the last couple of nights, we might have the suns going down. might have the bucks going (sighs) down. Some of these, uh, some of these bridge jumper bets. Oh man. These series prices. Some of these people that lay, you know, $12 on a series. Uh, I don't know. I I would think the bucks get home in that series and I would think the Suns do, but man, I am not too sure Uh, as far as tonight. uh, Another one I'm not too sure about, but I did lay it with Utah uh, famous last words. I just think Dallas, you know, they're playing five or six guys. I actually think kid did a really good job the other night, treating that like a game seven, you know, playing some of those guys Brunson played like 41 minutes. Uh, I just think at some point they're going to run out of steam. I think Utah uh, has a good chance to run them out of the building tonight and You know, keep this in mind for live betting. If Dallas gets behind, they might just wave the white flag and say, you know what? You can't play these guys 40 plus minutes every night. Let's live to fight another day. Maybe Luca's coming back in game four. So uh, I did lay it with Utah. and uh, I hate to admit it. I took a little nibble of Utah. I found an 18 to one to win the West just with Booker going down. Stop uh, it. You know, I know. I know. Stop it. I know. <laughs> it's a confession. It's a confession, not a recommendation.
4: So, Will, you already did the Lakers thing. Now you're doing the Jazz thing. Yes. What are we doing, Will? We love you, man. Oh, by the way, you're not the only one who's saying this about the Jazz. I'm getting more than one treat, more than one tweet. Pro Jazz tweets, Action Albatross. He said Luca being questionable in quotes and saying he's feeling good after ramping up workouts is what's suppressing the the Jazz line tonight. Uh, this is from Master of Puppets. He's like, highly unlikely the Mavs make 22 threes and only turn it over three times. Highly unlikely that happens again. Lots of regression tonight for Dallas tonight. Jazz by double digits. So you are not alone in the uh, in the jazz love tonight. I, I will say this. If-, if I'm the Mavericks, the fact that the Mavericks won game two, I-, I honestly, there's no incentive for me to play Luka tonight. Like Game three should be off the table. Game three should be completely off the table, and if they lose tonight, then consider it for game four. That injury is way too dicey even if you're putting him in game four let alone game like stop it with the game three he's not playing at night
8: yeah and I know some people say you know what the way he plays he plays slow he's yeah. physical he can get through it I have a hard time seeing I, I think Utah rolls tonight and I think the series comes down to game four if Utah can beat them again in game four will they'll, they'll probably move on and who knows maybe they'll play the Pelicans and they can find themselves in a conference finals it's not insane it's not likely but it's really not insane
4: yeah, the Pelicans man, They're they're a good basketball team and doing this with without Zion, when they could be some, some a serious team next year for sure. Uh, the the whole thing with Luca triggered this about Ben Simmons because we haven't brought up Ben Simmons. That's the other thing about going back to the Nets and the uh, and the Celtics. Celtics up two to nothing as we talked about uh, in segment one of the show. But this whole notion of Ben Simmons could be back for Game Four, and like my thing is. You do not need to put Ben Simmons in the mix in this series. Like this whole notion, this whole thing, like, well, Gil, they're not asking him to score. They're asking him to give like 10 or 15 minutes of his outstanding defense on Jason Tatum or whoever. And like, that can only help a Nets team that sucks on defense in theory, that sounds good, but like you can't get into basketball shape in a drop of a dime in a blink So, like, inserting him even seems ridiculous to me. As great as he is on defense and as bad as the Nets are on defense, like, I don't even buy that.
8: Would he be the first guy ever, I don't know how we look this up, to make his team debut in the postseason? I can't think of anyone ever making their team, like, you know, getting traded, not playing until the playoffs. That would be very strange.
4: Getting traded and playing your first game, you're probably right. I'm sure there was an example of somebody who showed up for the postseason. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, getting traded and showing that's very odd thing. Like, hey, look, we have this uh, All-Star player playing for us. I just don't buy into that as well. So, so the Jazz are the one tonight for you. You think?
8: And I laid it with Golden State. I oh. just think that's a, a brutal matchup for Denver. Golden State, your favorite now to win it all. I think in most books. Uh, Let's I just go, Denver- baby. That's right. Yeah, Denver, they they foul a lot. They turn it over. That's a brutal roster outside of Jokic with Cousins and Forbes. I mean, it's really, it's a lot of duct tape outside of Jokic. And uh, count me out of all this revisiting the MVP. We're going to slander Jokic now because his team stinks and Embiid's beats uh, the real MVP. Yeah, I have a six. It, I, it's brutal. I have oh, this, it's
4: awful. I have this Sixers fan on uh, Twitter who's like, oh, you still think Jokic is the MVP, Gil? I'm like, you yes. do realize this doesn't count for the playoffs, right? Um, I love when people schmack talk and have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, the Warriors, I, I got them. This is a great lesson for, like, futures markets. I got the Warriors early in the season at plus 550 when they were neck and neck with the Suns. They went, like, way longer than that in the interim, you know, came all the way back down, and only now is my ticket at plus 550, like, better than the market. So it just shows you, like, there's no... There's no extra points for being a hero and getting any of these earlier. There are points during a season where you can just absolutely maximize the odds on these things. And now, as you say, the Warriors in some spots, in most spots maybe, the short shot to win it all. There's nothing more beautiful than Warriors basketball.
8: Nothing. Real they're quick, they're gonna have to get through Utah to get to the finals, but I think you know it's, it's, they're alive. <laughs> they're getting healthy at the right time. <laughs> they Got to get, really
4: get through the Lakers, will then they got to get through the Jazz <laughs> yes. in that order. I'm told.
8: And boy, that Caruso guy, he could help out the Lakers, huh? He was dominant the last couple games on defense. He's hitting shots. If you're the Lakers, Dude. you gotta watch that guy in the playoffs. It's gotta make you sick. How do he, you let that guy get away?
4: This is the whole reason I had Preston on this week was obviously I wanted to talk to him about the, you know uh, Crawley Town. But like what triggered Preston in my mind is I, I was as I was watching Caruso, I was like, how did they let him walk? And I like went to the internet and I went to Twitter, and Preston's like, could you imagine letting this guy walk? I'm like, I gotta call Preston, get him on. It's incredible, it's incredible that they let him walk. It's unbelievable. Real quick, we only have a minute. Your favorite NFL draft bets that
8: you have in pocket. Boy, I don't have as many as usual. It's a lot of these places aren't posting them. I think you made the point multiple picks throw a, a wrench into it. I did play cross under seven and a half. Seems like he's in play with the Giants at either five or seven. Uh, Stingley under 12 and a half. I think that's moved to 11 and a half. I don't have as many us- as usual. No, oh,
4: it's interesting. Well, I, you know, I said that too, and I'm like, hey, look, this is the, I could actually lose this draft, which we it, we not only win during the draft, usually crush the draft, yes. but like this one's a little different. And then like every day I come in here, I got, oh, Jeff, by the way, I got another couple draft bets that I made, so so I can't, I can't resist. I still think that it's still, along with tennis, it's still the best betting dollar you can have. I really do. We'll see. Let's go,
8: Kekmanovic.
4: Let's go, Mia Mir, kick Let's go, Bianca Andreescu. Let's go Leodmila Samsonova. And let's go Katarina Alexandrova. There I got through all four of them. All right, Will. Appreciate it as always, man. Good all job. Right, see you guys. Good job on the podcast as always. The New York City cast. Follow Will on Twitter at not the, with two E's, Will Hill. Unscripted with the Crack Man Next. Numbers gave
0: V C in the Sports Betting Network.